podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Um, hi and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and this is an accidental podcast or something like that. My guest today is a Kudomal Sanchez-Jones, uh, head coach of the Wales Kudo organization and a great guy. Welcome, Mal. How are you? I'm great, Les. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me uh, come on. I've been doing a lot of interviewing of other people, so uh, it's quite different being in the other seat. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels different, isn't it? Uh, can you tell us something about yourself? Well, um, well, I'm from South Wales. I'm very proud of being Welsh, um, like every other Welshman. Uh, rugby's a big thing in my life, just as much as uh, martial arts, but I've never played. I've been rubbish at playing rugby, but... Um, I started in martial arts mainly due to health. Um, you know, it's, I started in karate. Well, actually, I started in judo first, uh, then karate. We moved way through a few different styles. Always cross-trained. Um, and it led me to kind of looking at things from a mixed martial art point of view, which led me to kudo. Because um, kudo was a mixed martial art or a hybrid system. And uh, it was a good fit for me because it's not the type of place where you're going to have somebody that says, you know, your, your back's not straight or, mm. you know, lift your chin, you know, three centimetres or move this technique here or don't do this, you might kill someone. You know, uh, the reality uh, for me was a good fit because I could do what I wanted to do to survive when I was on the mat rather than go against points, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to touch later about the, the back because I loved it in one of your videos. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm saying the same thing. But we're going to get to that. So I always ask people, because I'm, I'm big about mental, mental health, and I know you are big about yeah, mental health. Yeah. Um, what impact has karate had on you for your mental health? Well, it's had, it's had a huge uh, impact, really, because when, when I went to uh, join karate in the first place, um, I didn't want to be there. Uh, I, I kind of just wanted friends, you know. Um, I had severe asthma, severe eczema, um, I had a lovely time in primary school, you know, up to about 11 years old. Um, the kids were very friendly and stuff, very accommodating, you know. Um, and then when I went to secondary school, it all changed. So basically the, the kids were pretty mean. My ex was pretty bad on my hands. So it's, you know, it's like you've got old man's hands. You know, I got cuts on it. I couldn't really bend my fingers. So I kind of the stereotypical kid, the sick kid, you know. Um, so when a friend of mine um, had said come and join karate I was like oh no I'd, I'd been to judo and I'd had my experiences there and I'd done the belt system and I just thought no it's not for me but um, I met a guy obviously was there instructing he was quite a small guy um, but he didn't see my eczema and asthma as a disability he seen it as something that we could work around and you know it and he was very passionate about it. He was a very kind of supportive guy. And I, I suppose that was kind of the first st step for me of, you know, people talk about uh, confidence building and being accommodated to disabilities and stuff. But I think, like, mental health tends to be a term that's given for adults and not children. Uh, children are just expected to get on with those things. So I would say, quite from the first point of view, give me something that was enough time away from someone. And like judo, where judo you're in constant contact uh, with karate, I could punch things away from me, 
you know, um, and having eczema and things like that was was one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to separate myself from it. So as a child, there was all those elements, um, and it gave me that place of belonging. So um, I'm not going to talk ill of my my parents, um, but you know, there's the, you're of a generation where you're told, "There's the door. We'll see you in a few hours when you're hungry," you know, and you're into the community. Um, and then you've got the other side, which is kind of, well, actually, I want a place that I know is safe, right? So I could go to a karate club, and my instructor, and I always knew I was safe there, and I was always wanted, um, and it was that was really, really powerful for me. And that's the bit that throughout my life, going back to the dojo, has always been my safe place. So whether it be, a mo- you know, marriages or uh, any sort of breakdown um, in your life, I've only been married once, by the way, <laughs> say marriages, <laughs> I've only been married once, but if it's a relationship breakdown, I could go back. Uh, I've had problems with my kids, you know, with their, their problems. I could go there, friendships. Uh, so it, it gave me that solid base. But, you know, till the, this year, um, I, I started teaching about 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. And I used that as another way of uh, helping me to avoid my own problems because I could help other people. So there's like there's you know, I want to look at mental health in, in, in a martial arts club. It's, it's, it is the art, but it's just as much about the dojo and the students in it and the, you know, the, the families that are there to support and the wider network, you know, like karate as a style, say, for instance, or, or a community. So there's just a, I could go on forever about the mental health and the martial arts. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. it. It is important that uh, you, you find a club with not necessarily karate, but any, any form of exercise or, or community. Yeah. When you've got that support without the judgmental side of it, yeah, definitely. When people makes you feel comfortable, I find that as well. That for me, it was the same. Same yeah. having a karate club where nobody was judging me. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, you know, it's, there's a, there's a, seems to be quite a lot of competition in, in certain clubs. It depends what the aim of the club is. Yeah. You know, if it's a if it's a very tournament led um, club, then everybody is facing in the direction of a competition. So. It doesn't really give the, the holistic development, um, which I think, which a martial arts gives, you know. Mm. It's not all about the fighting. And, you know, I say that as a kudo guy, <laughs> but mm. I, I, you know, well, we do a lot of fighting. But it, it's if you haven't got those key elements, then there's no point in going. There's no fight to have, is there? You know? I think it's, it's, it's dependent on the instructor, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. The instructor brings that atmosphere and, uh, and what he wants to do. Yeah. So you started with the traditional martial arts, and then suddenly you went. I yeah. have to uh, go somewhere else and and find a newfound kudo. Yeah. And my question about kudo: What is kudo? Because some of the people uh, are not aware of it. I follow kudo from nearly the beginning. Uh, yeah. I like it. But yeah. please, you are the practitioner of it. Explain. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it was founded by Zuma Takashi in Japan. Um, Azuma was a student of Masayama, um, and Masayama um, was at the stage of kind of development Kyokushin where, you know, they were toying with bringing back the, the face shots, you know, the, and the head shots. And, you know, they, it was a bit of a split at that time in, in, the, in the organization, but uh, Azuma was, was adamant that, that that's the direction it was going to go and get, was given the blessings. Um, and I think what well, the beauty of the education system in Japan is that they've got a very good level of judo uh, through the school time. So Azuma was was a, a very good black belt. 
Um, I've been lucky enough to speak to him about it a few times, and he talks about more about his losses in judo, and and says, "No, I just needed to be punching things, you know." And and you know, so he's basically uh, people quite often think kudo is an extension of kyokushin, but it's it's not. Um, it, you know, early days it was based on the striking was based on kyokushin, and the grappling um, and the submissions were based on judo. Um, so a hybrid art, and that's where most people remember it. It's like kudo, it's like judo and karate together. Um, but it's uh, daido juku, which is what um, Azuma was trying to push, or Jukucho was trying to push, was actually he wanted it as a lifelong learning program, it's, as budo, you know. It was about uh, the, the, the warrior spirit to be able to push yourself, and but to make sure that everybody could get involved in the families. And that's the bit that I kind of connected with as a martial artist. Um but then the sport came out of it. So it was Dai Dojuku Kudo. And Kudo is, is pretty much the platform that most people see. So if you Google it, you'll see probably Russians, Japanese, um, you know, the Ukrainians literally going at a top level. Um, and so basically the, the, it was about reducing the rules um, and getting as close to a real fight as possible. So you get your strikes um, from distance, so kicks from distance, you get close quarter strikes like elbows, knees, headbutts. Headbutts for all of our guys who are going to shout it out. Yes, we love the headbutt. Um, you've got the. Uh, you can grab the gi. So we wear a gi. We wear a suit, and the the suit is different. I don't know if anybody's noticed this in the kudo, but we've got a two piece suit, so the sleeves don't rip off, uh, and the uh, the sleeves are shorter, so they're literally at the elbow, which I I think as a as a suit is a much better idea because it's more functional. Um, it's heavier than a karate suit, um, not not a kata suit, not like the heavy heavy suit, you know, to get the whoosh, all the sounds and stuff. Um, but it's it's a, a very robust suit, um, and that's because obviously when you're throwing, uh, you you know you need that suit to be there. Uh, strangulations with the suit. So if you start moving into judo, groundwork has uh, been influenced by uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu. Obviously, um, stand up's been uh, influenced by Thai boxing, but you know, for me being in the UK, I'm trying to get um, a little bit more catch or more wrestle based um, art because if you watch Kudo um, on the mat, you've got 10 seconds in the clinch, so basically, you've got a strike. Uh, as soon as you come into a clinch or, or grab, it's counting down from 10. Um, you go to the ground, you've got 30 seconds on the ground. Um, a safety measure for me, which I love about Kudo, is that. When you go to mount, uh, you can't ground and pound. You have to simulate. So you, you're literally just going for the end of the strikes. But if you're on the bottom, so you've got the guy on top of you, you can hit up as hard as you like. You can really like level it out. And I think uh, some people say, well, what's that a lot about? You know? But when you're there, you realize that actually the head guards that we wear, so that was the last bit, a bit of equipment that we talk about, is called the NHG. Um, so basically, uh, it's like a bubble on your head. But it's tied on, so it's very tight to your ears, very tight to your jawline. Uh, it's got a breathing space at the bottom, but it doesn't take away the impact. If you get hit with that, it goes through your neck like nobody's business. It actually is a lot harder taking a headshot with that with the neck than it would be without, um, because obviously it spread, spreads the surface. Um, so Kudo is international in the UK. It's tiny. That's why I'm throwing myself out there. <laughs> I didn't really want to do this, but you know, Kudo mal and pushing whether it's the comedy side of it or whatever, I'm just trying to make it more accessible. Um, and But, you know, the big players, the the Russians got their own federation, the Japanese, 
obviously big federation and the rest of the world um, are, are literally just trying to catch up with it. Started in the early nineties, and um, so you know my point of view: if you wear if you wear a gi, you know you wear a suit and you can strike and and you don't mind doing a bit of throwing and or if you're a judo card and you like throwing a few punches, you know it's the perfect place to be. Um, not as a style, but as a as a format. Yeah, my my lineage is as well from that uh, that big breakage in uh, Kyokushin. Yeah, we went uh, more with Ashihara karate. So for me, yeah. uh, the influence is uh, Hideuki Ashihara. So yeah. there's a as well. There's no punches to the head, but we added punches later on. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned those gears because um, for us, I always bring in those sleeves halfway up. Yeah, exactly. That's all right. Yeah. And every time I go and send me a few, oh, where did you buy this boy, this one? I said, no, I just sew it up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's more natural. I don't like uh, my sleeves being around my um, wrists. No. For my forearm open. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And we're well, using the head guard as well. Um, yeah. How different, we've, I've got the, the bar ones, you know, yeah. you know, regular ones, and I've got the bubble one as well. Yeah. Um, I do like the bubble one. Yeah. But I've noticed that it's uh, quite a bit of a distortion of the distance. Right. Um, because it, you've got, uh, you've probably got a super safe one, though, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, because then, yeah. Um, basically, the, I mean, the, the headguards, I originally, um, through karate practice, because that's how I got into Kudo, it was, um, I put a few things online where my karate students were, were just fighting, scrapping, mm-hmm. you know, and... Someone said, oh, are you Kudo? And I was like, no, what's that? And, and then they sent me some links, and I was like, whoa, I'm not going into that. Looks like you're going to get killed. <laughs> it's, it's a bit different being a club mentality and, and then, you know, putting it like that sort of level. Um, but the, the head guard itself, the, when it was first made, the, like Koshiki Karate still used yeah. the safe. And it's the bubble is actually really quite far away from your face. Yeah. And because it's like an egg shape, it does distort a, a lot more. Um, and the worst thing about um, the super safe is hooks. Uh, in Koshiki, you can't throw hooks, so it, it's no big deal for them. But because it's so far away, I've got a reasonably big nose. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So right. I get caught somewhere on the nose. You know, if my nose is not bleeding by the end of a, a fight without it, then you know you're no good, right? Because you could hit it for miles. Away. Uh, but you know it's like having something quite far away from your face and when someone throws a hook it's much easier to land the hook yeah. and and imagine the torque on that on your neck it's like super dangerous so yeah. um uh, Takashi was uh had a, a copyright uh problem with the original headguard so then remade it and you know it's a serious bit of kit the the kudo headguard because it's a lot closer um, and they use the 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 plastic they use um, is not only super strong; it's very clear. Um, but, but if you get a copy of the the headgear, because there's a lot of cheap copies out there, then it, then it, it you know it's it's very blurry. You know, it's really really not good. And also, when you're trying to clean it to stop it from steaming up, then you then you've got a bigger issue with the cheaper ones. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, the Kudo organization sell only mainly to the Kudo students anyway. Um, and, you know, and they're well over a hundred pound um, a head gear, so it's not a cheap thing to get into. But I, I liken it to things like kendo, and that you know, if if you're if you're going to get into it, you've got to wear the proper stuff. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, safety first, always. Yeah, yeah. It's, funny, it's funny with their noses, you meant because my students are laughing when I've been using those um, with the bars. Yeah. I had to take off the the front shield 
Yeah. They're padding around. <laughs> still with that frame, when I've been yeah. punched, they've been hitting my nose. The frame was hitting my nose. That's how <laughs> it was. <laughs> so I was happy because I've got the pad, weird padding sticking out from it. <laughs> I like looking through old pictures of it and seeing which side of my face my nose is on. <laughs> but the, the other thing with those head guards with the bar, you know, the small space to look through, mm. is that um, I was talking to Brian Bates about this actually because they're, they're good from the point of view they take the impact, but you always have to have your chin down to see yeah. through the gap, which is a good thing because it teaches you to keep your chin down. Um, but when you want to fight from distance, you can't do that because we're lifting your chin up is obviously dangerous unless you're far away. So that's one thing. And they don't tie on very well to the head. Mm. So, yeah, you, you, yeah, when you go to the ground, it's game over. You have to stop. So that's another benefit, you know, of, uh, of the head guard. I, I like to use them sometimes because um, they create confusion. Yeah. People suddenly you can't see somebody's attacking self-defense kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Can't see what's going on. No, so no. Em emulate quite um correctly when you've been punched and you're just dazzled so you can yeah. don't see and don't know but that's the only use for them uh I yeah they blink to you don't they? they they literally put the tunnel vision on you okay. um the the actual visor of the cooler helmet starts be, uh, behind the eye so, you, so you've got full full spectrum yeah otherwise you wouldn't see after things that are coming you know Okay, so you you kind of covered my other question because I was going to yeah. ask you why, though, but um, you already said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's talk about the the change of the name between yeah. Daitojuku to Kudo because yeah. I heard, I followed um, in nineties two thousand or two thousand five six. Yeah, uh, there was plans to introduce Kudo to Olympics. That's uh, right. At least that's what I was being told or gathered the information that that change. Yeah. Is to um, kind of deassociate yourself yeah. from karate because yeah. karate with all the mess in it, it, it's not having much of a chance being in Olympics. Now it happened yeah. for one year, but yeah. Kudo got the one set of rules yeah. which I think would be very suited for Olympics. Is that still going? That was the reason, or am I getting? Yeah, the, um, again, I've <laughs> I've asked this to uh, the grandmaster, you know, to Jukujo and. He, he gives a very long um, answer, um, and uh, again, it's subjective because a few other people um, have, have, have their own opinion, but Kudo was really to, to just give the, the platform, um, you know, the elevation it needed. Like you're saying, it's much easier to remember. You've got Judo and you've got Kudo, right? Mm -hmm. um, karate, and it's, he kind of sits it somewhere in the middle, maybe a little bit more to Judo in some ways, uh, just from the phonetics of it. But... Um, if you speak to Jukujo about Daido Juku Kudo, um, he's, he says, for instance, like my black belt, I put something online um, to say I was a Kudo black belt because it, it's, it's simpler for people to understand in the same way that going to the Olympics is Kudo. Um, but I was told off because I've got a black belt in Daido Juku Kudo. And, and basically the, the reason he was saying that is that if you are no longer on the path, so, you know, uh, to... The truth, if you like. So that's the idea. The same, similar to Kyokushin, I guess, in the way that that concept was developed, um, is that if you give up kudo as a practice, you you're no longer a black belt in the organisation. Is what oh, basically okay. told. So you can't just go, well, I got a kudo black belt, and collect it, and then chuck it on the pile with all the rest of the black belts, um, because the the concept of kudo is not to uh, create a style. It's to to work at techniques and um i don't know uh, 
ways of fighting that actually make sense and will make you the best fighter. So um, it Kubo is very it's amateur, but if you see a top level, it's not amateur. You know, uh, the Russian team are obviously uh, funded and stuff. But it's if I was to get into MMA. Personally, there's two things I like about the martial art. One is wearing the suit and the traditions and the etiquette in Japan. I love that. Um, and I'd be very disappointed for me as, as a practitioner to lose that part. Um, the headgear keeps me safe. I've had enough of being smashed in the nose, <laughs> jaws broken and stuff like that. So that keeps me safe. I can go to work on a Monday. Everything's mm. all good. Um, and I think that what Kudo was trying to do was make it more palatable for the Olympic Committee um, because MMA... Uh, as an Olympic sport, that people are pushing it, and I hope it does well, to be honest, because I think it's only going to be um, a, a benefit for Kudo as well, because Kudo is a mixed martial art wearing a suit and protective gear. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to see who gets there first, you know. Um, we've got a number of bids around the world, but not enough. Um, I think the MMA community is obviously much, much bigger, so... Um, you know, we'll see. Fingers, fingers crossed, you never know, right? Well, there's kind of two sides of the coin, because if you look on Taekwondo and Judo, yeah. it's kind of um, heavily modified. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. And they try to, uh, you know, every time I'm going back to my coach for wrestling, it's a new set of rules. You can't do yeah. this, can't do that. So yeah. it's kind of, kind of detrimental to uh, to the style system itself. So of I course, would... yeah, yeah. I think the difference, though, kudo, though, Les, is like, is for, for instance, like um, in Japan, uh, kudo is, is delivered one way. In the UK, it's different. In Brazil, it's different. You know, all the guys around the world do it differently. All that matters is like how you put out on the day, you know, when you go to this. So, so my club is, for instance, is a lot more tailored towards supporting people. And if we get fighters come out of it, we get fighters come out of it. I, you know, I am not trying to push just for the sporting element. You know, I am trying to push the Daido Jukubu just as much as the as the Kudo. Mm. Yeah. That brings to another uh, interesting question for me because I done changes in my style when I yeah. uh, when I start the style which I was taught. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> after having been being ex exposed to uh, being thrown like a rag doll on the wrestling, <laughs> uh, and that was the first thing which I changed is that straight spine. You yeah. Have to flexible and moving around. The straight yeah. spine is not good for anything. You no, throw no, no. like a stick around. Um, so methodology in Kudo. How do you teach? What changes have been done? Uh, is it still karate uh, way of teaching or you move to a modern scientific method of Judo? <laughs> well, um, I can't speak for the guys. I, I know how uh, others teach it. Um, I, I'm critical of... Let, let, let me explain what I don't like first and what I do with it. Because yeah, sure. um, I don't like it when everything's taught in isolation. So if you're teaching uh, striking uh, as just striking and then throwing and then, you know, so you're practicing that. So they may be doing karate on a Monday and a BJJ on a Tuesday and so on and so on. Um, I don't like that. So I try to uh, blend the days. So I still do that in a similar way. So basically I've got a rotation. So um, one night we'll do striking. Um, and striking's got grabbing in it, but that's as far as we'll go, right? Um, so you don't lose that, uh, but you have that kind of joining part of each lesson, right? Uh, and it's sparring every lesson. So if we're doing striking, we do the drills and stuff like that, but then we're sparring, but it's not full contact. It'll be skill, skill development. Then we'll do throwing, kudo throwing, or nagi -wase. 
um, and then it'll kind of, it won't be just stop on the floor, it'll kind of control it, get back up, and then I might chuck something else in, but the, predominantly it'll be, you know, throwing, and the ground the same. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a guy called Steve, our judo Steve, who is a judo black belt, so he's kind of constantly on looking, and then he'll do a judo lesson on the same rotation, and then we have the kudo night, and then basically, if the people want to come and give it a go, they do it, but they know they're coming to fight. They're coming to, to test it out. It's the testing night. And nobody really judges for anybody that doesn't come. And you're welcome to come and watch. Right? The problem with MMA is that there's more people watching than participating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, that's where we, we uh, even the guys when we do the kudo night, they're not battered in each other. If there's a difference in skill level, they're literally helping each other along. You know? So no matter what the ability level is like, you're, you're still supported. But it's fighting. Um, and that way, I think that, like, for karate, for instance, I don't teach um, line basics. I don't teach um, kata in the same way. You know, I'll teach bunkai, so I'll teach this application from this kata. Um, if someone wants to grade, so belts are not even really that important in our, our club. Um, if someone wants to grade in karate or grade in kudo, then they've got to follow the syllabus then. But they would have already known what to do for the syllabus, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stops people stood in lines for hours and hours on end. And the problem I've had with this with COVID, <laughs> it's yeah. like 90% of our training is partnered. Yeah. Um, so that's an issue when uh, you've got to socially you know, distance and stuff like that. So um, I, I do love it because I, I, I'm, I've got exactly very similar stuff to you. Um, I love that part of sports that uh, doesn't matter if it's wrestling, BJJ, judo, boxing. You always got that ends on on training sparring. Yeah, uh, I try to incorporate it as much as I can, but some people in my club can't. So, like right. you, I just say, you know, those who want, let's go spar. Those yeah. who can't, let's do something else. Yeah, so you... with, uh, I, I do uh, mostly bunkais, and then say, yeah. well, that's the kata. We can work on kata. And same yeah. as you, I, yeah. I I've got the two lines. You do all the Japanese names. Um, forms and stuff, or you just come and train. So it's yeah. brilliant to hear that somebody else does it like me as well. Uh, um, as far as I'm concerned, that's just common sense. It works better. It works better. Uh, yeah, because like, uh, the, the only thing which I changed recently is that I went um, kind of BJJ style, so yeah. we don't have the grading. Uh, we got a grading day, but it's a more award day. So I, I watch people for the year. Then yeah. if I can, I get, get the outside instructor to have a look what they're doing if I'm not biased. Yeah. And I just award belts. So there is no payment for belts and stuff like that. It's just, oh, you know, that's, that's, off yeah, you go. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's a really good idea. I think I mean, the belts are good too. You know, there's a reward. You know, one of the guys uh, was making fun and saying, like, he wants to put it next to his swimming certificate and stuff, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I like that. <laughs> it's kind of a... I see that a lot now in, in people treating it as a kind of a driving license. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to the club, got a black belt. Oh, I didn't have to train anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm often, you know, hanging in the toilet so people can see. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I got you know, I, what I do like, um, again, about the, the kudo is the not, not so much because we're still very, very small. You know, it's been in the country um, a guy called Mohammed Anis in, in uh, London was, was uh, here. He's been here for 13 years, I think he said. Uh, Lee Hasdell was kind of the first in the UK as a kudo black belt. 
Um, and Lee Hasdal is, you know, uh, well, is a phenomenal martial artist. There's, you know, he's legit. You know, he's the, he's someone that that I've kind of looked to and spoke to during this time of being doing kudo in the UK. But you know, the the thing is, it's like the belt. Um, I, I can go to anywhere, and it doesn't matter what belt you wear. Nobody even looks at the belt because everybody's cross training. You know, it, like you could have somebody there that's that's just giving it a go, and he's probably a black belt in judo or a black belt in whatever. You've just got to be careful, and I love that because, like, in a situation when you're on the street, you don't get the heads up like this guy's got a black belt in karate or this guy's got this or this guy's boxed for ten years. You've got a guy in front of you that wants to fight, right? What do you mean? You're not carry with you your first dance certificate to show your opponent when he attacks you. Watch out! I've got my black belt. Yeah, no, no, I mean like. If imagine you've got like um like if if it's since if someone's on the, the street you you would judge them by the way they look, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you'd think like he's quite he's quite muscular, maybe he goes to the gym. You don't know. I mean when you're martial arts you can start picking up on muscle definition of what type of training they're doing, right? But you don't mean they're any good at it. They they could have the t shirt, you know, the UFC tap out or whatever t shirt on, but they've never been, right? So when you go to the kudo, I feel it's the same thing, and it gives me the same emotions. It's like, right, when I'm wearing a black belt, so I've got a target on my back, that's not like karate. Because when you go to karate and you're wearing a black belt, the white belts run the other way because you're protected by the rule set. You know, they can only do certain things. Like, if you fought someone who's never trained in their life and, and then you're told that you can only kick and punch, they strip them of skills. that they, they would just run at you, probably throw a table at you. They'll do anything, you know? Whereas in Kudo, like, um, I go to, I always mention Ren because Fab in um, Ren in France is the one that is really leading Kudo for Europe. You know, he is uh, bringing everybody together. And you go there and you've got a guy with a white belt on and I'm like, I don't give him nothing because <laughs> he could be anything. You know what I mean? It just means he hasn't graded in Kudo, right? Um, and it's a, it's a bad day if the guy's never done anything because <laughs> you realize very quickly. But at the same time, um, if he has done something you're protected yeah. and you never know what they're going to do some pull guard some some try and like single leg you some are just straight trying to steamroll you you know mm. uh, and i that's only obviously at top level camp uh level but club level is completely different and i i think that's what i was trying to push really it's not the neanderthal kind of beat your chest we're the toughest guys in the world type thing because that's been done um and you don't need to boast that you can fight if you can fight yeah, and that's where I think we connect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. What are your future plans for Kudo in UK? Because I well, heard you're gonna yeah, go. Brian Bates tried to take you to do some seminars. Yeah. Which I'm interested in as well. Yeah, yeah. Like meet you in person as well. That would be lovely. Um, yeah. yeah. Tell us about it. Well, I suppose my my face one of my plan. Um, was to reach out to like-minded martial artists. So it doesn't really matter um, which martial art it was because at the end of the day, uh, we do talk about all the other elements of martial arts, but it's underpinned by combat, right? So um, I wanted to do is reach out to people that have potentially got uh, maybe one or two people in their club that, you know, when they get to a, a level that they think that they can fight and they want to test their skill, um, or, or maybe they have to leave their club because you haven't got something that you can kind of give them or, um, without them kind of jumping into a cage, you know, going into MMA um, as without a gi, you know, uh, rash vests, all the wrestling, that type of stuff. 
So I'm looking out there, and the idea to develop Kudo for me in the UK is to have as many places around the UK uh, which are non-members. You know, and I'm not expecting people to to like uh, quit my karate. I'm joining Kudo, right? And we're going to be a Kudo club because um, that's a, that's a long process. So what I was hoping was that I could find enough martial arts around the UK to be able to have uh, almost like a circuit. You know, um, like, like a league type thing, a kudo league, where we could introduce people to that type of level of fighting um, without them having to go to international level to to fight. Because, you know, that's a def- tough day of the office, as they say, you know, we could go from that level. Um, then I hope that from that sort of stage that people would go, right, actually what I want to do is set up as a branch. You know, when I set up a branch of Kudo, I want to make this legit. I want to be able to follow the syllabus, and I want to be part of the international community. Um, that way, then, we can collectively build uh, a British team, you know. So I'm Kudo Wales, so I've got full rights to make a Welsh team. But what I would like to do is have a British team, you know, so we could have... So there's three branches, official branches in the UK. That's myself in Wales. Um, then you've got Fazil uh, in Kent. And then you've got um, Annis, who is in Slough in London. Um, when it gets to the stage that I think that Kudo's grown up enough in uh, the UK, then we can present as a committee, and then we can decide who's going to be top. I'm not trying to make myself the big I am. You know, ideally, I'd like to get Lee Hasdell back on board. Um, you know, and I, I am plugging that because that's what I'm trying. One of the things I'm trying to do. But I think we need leadership from someone that has been there and done it. I think we're, we need to go it up so the kids have got somewhere that they can f- actually go and know they can defend themselves. Because that's my biggest drive. I, I want kids to be able to defend themselves. As adults, we can walk away. I mean, if you have a fight as an adult, there's probably something wrong with you. You know, you, you, you could have avoided it. But the kids, they need the support now. You know, so I'd like to see a, a, a league grow um, and the Kudo grow as, a, as, as an organization in the UK. So that, I don't know if that's what you asked for, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I asked for. Yeah. Um, now you said about children. Um, yep. Do you teach full syllabus for everything to, for children, or you are filtering it for, uh, you know, children are kind of uh, sometimes unpredictable. Um, a lot of people worry that martial arts gonna make them more aggressive, or they can use stuff. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Um, I I teach the kids pretty much everything. I've got really good rapport with the kids that come to the club. Um, my my step of teaching children every single time is to give them, um, like you're saying, the same experience that, that I had, uh, where it's uh, you know, non-judgmental and it's very inclusive and very welcoming. Um, once I've built that rapport and respect of them, you know, the kids will do absolutely anything to please and not do things wrong. So if, I, if I'm talking to them with respect, I never raise my voice in the class and when I raise my voice, it's because I'm worried that somebody's going to get twisted in the wrong way or an injury or someone's getting a bit too rough. So I raise my voice then, and it's not white noise. So I think, like, the the kids with their head impact, um, the first grade in Kudo, for instance, um, they don't fight hit into the head. You know, so they're not doing any hit into the head. And, and I don't start hitting to the head until their secondary age. And then we keep it to a certain level as well. It's Obviously, it's skill development. Um, so I, I don't think there's a lot really that you can't teach kids if you get the underpinnings right. But if you've got a kid that's coming in and you don't know that child and you're just teaching anything, 
you know, like strangles and things like that. You know that kid's going to, or the, there's a good chance they're going to go and do it to other kids. Uh, you know, so the connection for me is more and more important than what I teach, and then therefore I tailor it to the individual. Uh, I haven't got a standardized, uh, you know, syllabus in that way. Because that, that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's what uh, some people worry about. That you know, I'm gonna send my child, and we're gonna come back more aggressive. Which uh, yeah, they don't understand that um, through the physical exercises and good mentoring, you yeah. know, you drain that energy of them, and they, when they come out after the class, yeah, they think need to have something to eat and go to sleep. Yeah, so, yeah, being aggressive. Yeah. So. Well, you know, it's like though, Les, when when you when you can when you've challenged yourself, like I I won't go into anybody's dojo thinking I'm gonna walk the floor or I'm gonna beat everybody up. I mean, the amount of black belts I've heard, like since COVID, talking on these chats and just saying, I walk into a dojo, I beat everybody up and they don't want me back. I'm like, well, I wonder, wonder why, right? <laughs> you know, um, I know that I can get beat um, and I'm not there for that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, very stupid. It, 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 is, it is strange with that COVID thing that uh, so many people are getting angry online. Yeah. In that's not not nice place to be in karate circles. I'm I'm kind of withdrawing myself from it because yeah. whatever people post, it just yeah. goes people jumping on them with critical and nasty opinions. I don't yeah. mind uh, critical but constructive, right? Yeah. Just hate. It's not good, isn't it? What do you well, think? It is, like, yeah, you, I've you know I've like I've had chance to have a look at things now, and I think um, you know like I made a comment on Ian Abernethy's post because in one of his uh, videos he seemed to come across like a little bit more frustrated a little bit more annoyed you know mm-hmm. uh, and and I, that tends to be because we probably read in too many of the idiots kind of speaking and and you're doing a great thing do you know what I mean and I wish I'd kind of seen it before to be honest but if people do that it's it's more about their own issues and, and you know it's jealousy right They you're doing pretty much what what they want to do and they just haven't t- got time or making excuses right so you know let leave them to it <laughs> yeah, just... I, th- I think it comes out from the insecurities and fear. Yeah. If you're not, if you if you're secure and uh, confident in yourself, your abilities, you yeah. don't have a need to uh, belittle anybody else. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh. I mean, what's that? It's the example to the kids, like you're saying to the, the kids. I I get a lot more, um, you know, from the like you say, the mentorship role with with the kids. Um, but you know, when they get to the point that they can fight. They act like adults, you know. They they bring along the young kids. They don't bully kids, you know. They're the ones that are going to school and coming in and go and saying, uh, "Sensei, just to let you know, this happened, and what did you do about it?" And then, "Oh, well, I did this, and I spoke to the teacher." And you're thinking, "My God, I wasn't that mature." Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and and it makes me really proud that I think that we can facilitate that. Um, and that's my problem with Qatar and and the formalized stuff. I think. If you spend too much time not talking to your students and it being one direction, do this, do that, have 10 press-ups for talking back, that you never have a relationship with your students, therefore you don't know them, and then therefore you don't know what, what they're doing with what you're teaching them, you know? So I'm guessing you, you dropped off um, all the strict mannerism of karate, everybody in line, nobody talks, no eating, no drinking, well, no yeah. eating, obviously, yeah. <laughs> no drinking and stuff. Because I, I found, I actually learned that on my elderly. So soon I uh, took that uh, militaristic approach and yeah. more open, yeah. their uh, abilities went up and their learning went much quicker. So now we not, we only do the starting ceremony and ending yeah. ceremony. But through the class, we are relaxed as anything. You know? yeah. It's yeah. friendly and stuff and no 
I'm not the general to tell them what to do. I'm yeah. the somebody to advise and share my knowledge. I'll t- tell you, I'll give you a really good uh, analogy. This is ridiculous. I've got the most random mind, honestly. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't like the, um, the, the shouting and all the rest of stuff. So, you know, because I've worked with kids um, in a, a very challenging set for like 17 years. So it's like I draw from that. And do you know, the, I, I'd seen um, the kids put on the other day, it was the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger film, you know, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know he tries taking his his kind of skills from being a policeman across with a whistle, right? Yeah. But uh, and then he makes it happen when he really he acknowledges the needs of the kids first, and then uses the whistle. So like I use it like emergency procedures. The kids need to know when to stop when it's about emergency situations, you know. So it's got its place, but you know those days are, are gone and they should be long gone, you know. Uh, I I teach only adults at the moment, so. Yeah. We, we, I don't need to do that. <laughs> we don't need the whistle. Everybody yeah. listens anyway. Um, but for me, um, I as well moved away, and I'm interested if you moved as well. Um, not asking questions on a, on a class. I encourage everybody to ask questions everywhere. Yeah. If you doubt of something, you need to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get the answer, you don't understand. Yeah, um, yeah. Is it the same in your club? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I can't remember which I watched a video, but someone was saying that basically, you know, with the the way that you coach, right? And you coach, you just get thrown into it. And um, I was lucky enough to have some more formalised teaching training. Um, and the, even then, they got formulas that you have to stick to. So when I used to go to the club, I I'd experiment with different things. And what what I um, when I'm, I've got so much energy to want to teach somebody something, sometimes I'm looking with this kind of pure enthusiasm, like, if you, what do you reckon of that? It's good, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to connect them with the feeling that I got when I learned it. Um, and I'm looking at them, and they're just, like, blank. And I'm like, I, my first reaction was disappointment. That, And then I realized that maybe I just haven't explained it in the way. So I try to, in my head, uh, mimic, like, three teachers that I had in school. So one teacher would just literally strip it down um, to less words. Another teacher would kind of act it out a little bit more dancey, you know, a bit more playfully. And then one teacher would just show you over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? So that's what I do. And, and I just keep doing that. So I ask them, does everybody understand? And then they no. And some people don't want to ask a question, right? Because they don't want to be the first question. Yeah. So I just keep looking at that kind of connection of emotion to say, well, Actually, that's not working that one style. So I'll, I'll jump over to showing time, time, and time again. You know, and I use those sort of demonstration models for teaching. Um, and I find then at the end they come up to me and then they ask me, and then I'll make sure I give time for that as well. So it's not always like that, but that's that's my go-to. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's funny you just said about the, the feedback you're asking them about. I, I'm I'm teaching online now. I've got a few people from different clubs, the instructors who are training with me. Yeah, and, and the feedback is. Wow, do you always asking feedback questions in the end? I said, yes, because if I don't know what you're thinking, I'm not able to improve. Yeah. So I, you're using the same method to, to yeah, make yeah. it better. Yeah. I mean, it's all about time, isn't it? And people have got very busy lives. And, you know, I also used to think I'd be encroaching on people's time when people are, you know, uh, looking at the clock towards the end of the lesson and uh, things like that. And I... And that's because you could say that you haven't engaged them in the activity as much, but it's also just much about that person. So like I said, if I got to know somebody, I realized that actually this is not personal. They're not just trying to get out of my class at nine o'clock. It's because they got a train to catch a quarter past. 
<laughs> if I didn't talk to them, I would have never known that. And I'd come in every lesson trying to please them, you know, and I'd never get there because yeah. they're still going to get their train, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, that'd be all my questions for you. Cool. Uh, it was a pleasure, pleasure to have you. Yeah. And I hope uh, we're going to meet uh, in real life. Yeah, and, that's a definite. Uh, exchange some headbutts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Not noses, though, right? <laughs> it, it was a pleasure to have you, Mal, and yeah. um, I hope we speak soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, a lot. Thanks for having me on. All the best to you.